Hey friends, if you brought your Bible with you, uh, go ahead and take it out. You also will find one in the pew in front of you. You can also read it on your phone. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 1. It's page 1 of the Bible, so you just open it right up. There you are. You don't have to fish around in there. I invite you to hear what God has to say to us today through his scripture, through his holy word. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, The earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. When God separated the light from the darkness, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and morning the first day. And then, friends, as you will see as the scripture continues, God continues this pattern over the next five days. On the second day, God separates the sky from the waters. On the third day, God separates the waters from the land, creates plants and trees. On the fourth day, God creates day and night and seasons and the sun and the moon and the stars. On the fifth day, God creates sea creatures On the sixth day, God creates land. And then look at this. Look down there in verse 26. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Then the heaven and the earth were finished and on the seventh day, God rested from the work that God had done. We also see in Genesis 2, verse 15, that God puts the man and the woman and places them in the Garden of Eden, what? To till and to keep it. Friends, I want to welcome you again to Trinity. Uh, My name is Katie. Um, I'm one of the pastors on staff here. We are in the middle of a sermon series called Good ancestor. We are exploring what it means to be a good ancestor, to be the kind of person who lives to leave a legacy, the kind of person who utilizes their financial resources for the good of people who come after us in this life, the kind of person who takes care of the children in our lives, not just our own kids, but the children who are around us for generational impact the kind of person who cares for their fellow citizens in ways that leave the world better than they found it. So if you missed week one or week two of this conversation, you are not behind. There are several ways that you can catch up. You can do that on our website, trinityumchurch.com, and go to our sermon archives. We have a new podcast. If you were not aware, you can search Trinity United Methodist Church Worship. I'll say that again. Trinity United Methodist Church Worship. Uh, Anywhere podcasts are found and you can listen there, you can subscribe to make sure you get the latest updates or you can catch up on Facebook. So plenty of ways to catch up, you're not behind. 
We're continuing the conversation today, talking about how we steward the creation that God has entrusted to our care. So how do we care for creation in good ancestor ways? That's the question that we will be asking ourselves today. So as we ponder all of this, I invite you to pray with me. Let's pray. God, I'm so thankful that you not only created us, but that you gave us opportunities that you allow us, God, to partner with you in the work of caring for the world which you so lovingly created. God, I pray that you might help all of us to think during this time of ways that you are calling us to be a good ancestor, a good steward of your creation. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I would consider myself, I will tell you, in the grand scheme of things, low to moderately outdoorsy. Okay, Uh, my sisters, it's true. Uh, My sisters and I grew up hiking and camping, fishing and rafting on rivers. This is how my parents grew up as well. And so this is how they raised us. We spent many summer vacations tent camping in states like Maine and Massachusetts and don't hate me, Michigan. Uh, My husband and I, we've carried on this tradition He is what I would call moderately to extremely outdoorsy. Uh, One of the places that we registered for our wedding is REI, you know, the outdoors website. Did you know you could do that? You can. I got married eight years ago and we did that. So there you go. So we registered at REI. It is how we got, it's how we got, I got my first zero degree sleeping bag. I didn't know that was a thing until I got married. Um, Or a backpacking backpack where you carry around for fun 70 pounds of stuff. It's fun. It's fun. We often hike at Blendon Woods, which is right around the corner from where we live. We've even started camping with our kids on this wet and rainy weekend. We just got back yesterday from a few days of camping at Lake Hope here in Ohio. Um, But still, it wasn't until I was a grown-up that I heard this phrase as it relates to time spent outdoors. I heard this phrase. It's everywhere now, but when I heard it first, it felt original to me. Take only pictures leave only footprints. Take only pictures, leave only footprints. It's kind of trite, but it's true. So in other words, what this encouragement is, is whether you're in a public park, a metro park, a a national forest, take pictures. But that's all you should take. You should leave the rocks, leave the leaves. You should tell this to my children. (laughs) Leave the flowers, leave the wildlife alone. And leave footprints, sure but that's all that you should leave as proof that you were there. Take only pictures, leave only footprints. And this is honestly, this is a pretty good practice when it comes to how we should interact with creation. But surprise, this is not often how human beings interact with creation. Now I should mention, when I use the word creation today, I am talking about anything that is not man-made. So the earth, all the creatures on the land and in the sea and in the sky, the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets. When I say creation today, I mean that, all that stuff that God made. So we don't have a great track record, especially over the past 200 so odd years of interacting well with God, with what God made. I'm not going to spend time today to share all the statistics that show our track record on this point because quite frankly, it's a bummer. 
But instead today, as we talk about our Good Ancestor series, we're going to talk about what God has created us to do. We're going to discuss why it matters that we actually do what God created us to do. And we're going to think about some ways that we can do a bit better job of being good stewards of creation moving forward. So that is where we are going today. Suffice it to say that that taking care of creation is pretty much the one job that God gives us, and we are mostly not doing great. Remember, everything about who we are and how we worship and what we have faith in, it has its basis in the scriptures. So let's look at the scriptures. Did you keep your Bible open? Do you have it open? Let's turn to it. Scripture tells us first that the creation came from somewhere, right? That it came from somewhere. And that somewhere that it came from is really a someone that it came from, right? And we believe that that someone is God. So there is no doubt for us that God is the creator of all that there is, the universe and all that is in it, including human beings. That that God is the creative force behind all that was and is and will ever be. And Genesis, which we read from today, it tells us that, that God makes humankind in God's image according to God's likeness. Out of everything that God makes, we alone are made by God to be like God. By God to be like God. In God's image and according to God's likeness. That's what it says there in, in verse 26. No other creature is made this way. And Genesis tells us that human beings have a special purpose. So if you read Genesis 1 and 2, it gives a couple different viewpoints of how creation came to be. And if you read those, you'll notice that some of God's other creatures get jobs, right? So like the sun and the moon, they get to rule over the day and the night. Or the sea beasts are supposed to be fruitful and multiply. But human beings, we get the most important jobs. Be fruitful and multiply, God says to us there in verse 29. We are to fill the earth. We are to subdue it. And then catch this. And let them have dominion, God says. Dominion over everything. No other creature gets to have dominion over everything. Other creatures might have dominion over a part, but not over all of it. And to have dominion here, it means to rule. God wants someone to be in charge here on earth, and that someone is us. So we have a job. We have a special purpose. It's work that God gave us to do. Now, if you are a little bit type A like I am, and you know that God has given you a job, you might want to ask God, well, God, how am I supposed to know how to do the job you gave me to do. How can I do it and how can I do it well? So in other words, are there parameters? Are there guidelines? Are there non-negotiables? Or can I just make it up as I go? Can I figure it out all by myself? Friends, those are really good questions that you are asking today. Congratulations. You can look to the scriptures for the answers to those questions. And when we do, what we find is that actually God does give us some parameters. We don't get to make it up as we go along. Thank goodness. So look there again where it says in verse 26, let us make humankind in our image and according to our likeness. 
So Genesis, that's the book that we're reading from today. This is a, it's first, not in English, surprise, first written in Hebrew. And the word for image in Hebrew is, is selim. Selim means image or likeness. But what we lose here in the 21st century with our 21st century ears and eyes on this word is how this word was used back in the day. So when the word selim was used back in the day, it described like a little statue of a god or a goddess. So if you were going to make a statue of your favorite god, it would be a selim. It would be what's called a representative figure, right? So it represents that, that god to the world. And you'd put that little statue at the borders between territories or at the gate to a village or the door to a house. And that was a way of saying this place is protected and cared for by this god. So scripture is using the language of the day to convey to us something universal, right? What scripture is saying to us is that we are made in God's image and God's likeness. And what it's trying to tell us is that human beings, you and me, all of us together, we're like little mini God statues that God has placed here on earth. We are God's representative figures, God created us with the specific purpose of representing God here on earth. And the name that we give someone who represents someone else, the name that we give a person who exercises responsibility in the place of another person, that name is steward. A steward is given responsibility by their employer to care for, to manage that employer's property on their behalf. So a steward looks after someone else's house, someone else's land, someone else's money, someone else's resources. The land, the money, the resources, they don't belong to the steward, and they know this. But to the world, the steward represents the employer. The steward has dominion just as the employer would. Their actions might as well be their employer's actions. The steward's words might as well be the employer's words. And the steward understands, looking after this stuff, it's my responsibility. My boss expects me to take care of it just as if it were mine. This is the job that I have been given to do, so I must do my best job. Look after this stuff as if it were mine. This is their job. So our job, friends, is to be God's stewards over all that is, over all that will ever be. This is why God has made us. And part of the reason I think we've fallen down on the job then is our confusion over how we do the job that God gave us. Because I think that word dominion, I think it confuses us. For centuries, and honestly, even to this day, in many places, we read the word dominion and we think, I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. It's dominion. I can do with it what I choose. So we do. We did. We continue to do. We, we use creation however we want. However it makes sense to us in this moment. However it's most convenient for us. We treat it like a disposable resource instead of a sacred resource. We've misunderstood the job assignment, friends. We've gone off the rails. Because dominion doesn't mean exploitation or oppression or misuse. That's not the steward's job. 
And I'd hazard a guess that that's not how God would do it in our place. It's not my job to speculate how God should do things. But I cannot imagine a world in which God would go to the trouble to make everything on this earth as beautiful and wonderful as it is, as full of hope and potential as it is, only to ruin it later. I can't imagine that. God has dominion over our world, has dominion over our lives, over the entire universe. And and what does God do with that dominion? God doesn't reach into our lives, friends, to overpower us, to harm us. It's not who God is. It's not how God works. God's dominion over creation, over our lives, is one of love and care. It's a type of oversight that considers the good of the other. God watches over creation, and God watches over us. So the command that God gives us, the job responsibility that God gives us to have dominion should never be confused with permission to misuse. Instead, let's focus on what God is actually calling us to do. If we bear the image and the likeness of God, our job parameters are these. Have dominion like God would have dominion. We're his representatives. Steward what God gave us with a right understanding that it it does not belong to us, but it is our responsibility to take care of it. What might it be like for human beings to watch over a creation like God does? What might it be like for us to say yes, to represent God moving forward in ways far different than ways that we've represented God in the past? What might it be like for us to steward responsibly, to do it seriously? I'm here to tell you that things about how the ways that we react to creation would change real quick. It would mean caring for creation like God would, out of a sense of love and care for that which God has entrusted to us. It would mean being a good ancestor. So it's our God-given responsibility to do this work. This conversation that we're having right now, it has a lot of names. We could talk about environmentalism, we could talk about a green movement, an environmental movement, conservation, And this conversation, it also has lots of motivators too, doesn't it? Financial motivators, political motivators, social motivators. Some of those motivations are more self-serving than others, if we're honest. I'll say to you that most of those conversations, they miss the mark for me. I'm not saying that there's not merit to some of them. But for me, when I read the scriptures, this conversation runs deeper. This is a job that God has given us to do, but honestly, it's more than a job. Stewardship of creation is more like a sacred calling. It is deeply, deeply rooted in the purpose of why we're here on this earth. It is a sacred, sacred responsibility. And I don't know about y'all, but for me, that sacredness really hits me when I am outdoors, low to moderately outdoorsy that I am. Just yesterday, my kids and my husband and I, we took a short hike. It was just about a mile. We hiked down a real steep hill into a little valley where Lake Hope sits. No one else was on the trail. It was just us. And about 15 seconds, I had about 15 seconds of silence in between my my kids screeching about sticks 
They found some. They wanted to tell me. It was so exciting. They were whacking each other with sticks. And I, so I had 15 seconds of silence between like when one bout ended and the, and the next began. And I just stood there and I listened to the sound of the birds calling to each other. And I heard the wind in the trees. And I saw the sunlight bursting through the clouds. And I smelled the rain that was heading in. And I thought to myself, this is a sacred moment. All of this is sacred. Scripture tells us all about this. Romans 1, chapter 1, verse 20 tells us, for example, that we can see God's eternal power. We can see God's divine nature through the things that God has made. We can see who God is through creation. Creation communicates God to us. All of it tells us about who God is. It tells us that ours is a God who brings order from chaos. That ours is a God who makes good things. Who wants beauty and goodness for those whom God loves and who God has created. We can see beauty and power and goodness through the things that God has made. All creation, not just human beings, all creation bring God glory. All of it praises God. And so all of it is sacred. It is not a disposable resource, friends. It's a sacred one. What an incredible privilege that God calls us, that God calls us to steward the world around us. What an incredible way to honor the God who made us, to honor the God who gives us life, to care well for that which God has made. And so we honor God when we have dominion over creation like he would. We honor him when we celebrate it, when we enjoy it. We honor him when we say no to misusing it. We honor God when we let it rest. We honor the God who loved the world and who made it and who gave it over to us for responsible use. We honor God. We praise God. I'll even go so far as to say that we worship God. It is an act of worship when we are good stewards of creation. So just like any other resource that God gave us, just like our abilities, our finances, our time, our relationships, this is a resource that does not come from us, that does not belong to us, that God gives us in a way that we've got to take care of it to honor him. We have to use it well so that other people one day can live into their God-given responsibility to care for it too. Our stewardship of creation can be a way that we care for the people who come after us. So the only question that remains for us to answer is this. In this regard, are we good ancestors? Are we good ancestors? Are we good stewards of the creation with which God has entrusted us? Are we exercising our dominion rightly? Are we honoring God by reverently caring for creation which shouts his praise? Do we live with the awareness that others must live in this world after us, others to whom God also gave a stewardship God? For the sake of those who follow after us, friends, we've got to do better. We need to radically rethink many of the ways that we have been living into our stewardship role. And I'll say that looking backwards and bemoaning what we've done or what we've failed to do, it's just not helpful. It isn't going to get us anywhere. 
All we can do is commit to moving forward in a different direction. So let's move. Let's leave it better than we found it. Let's take our responsibility seriously so that the next generation can celebrate it, can marvel in it, can see the sacredness of it, can see God in it too. Let's consider our every action. Let's make decisions from this point forward, from this perspective. How will my action, how will my decision affect what God has given us in creation? Will this action, will this decision honor God? Will it celebrate and care for what God has made? Will it ensure something good or even something better for those who will come after me? Let's seriously reconsider all of it, what we need and what we don't need, what we buy and how we buy it and and where we buy it from, how and where we travel, whether and whether or not we dispose of it all. And let's do it not on behalf of an organization or in the name of any movement, but out of a deep sense of responsibility for the work that God has made us for and out of a deep desire to honor God and all that God has made. Let's pray. God, I'm so thankful for the responsibility, the opportunity that you give to each of us here and now. God, we confess before you that there have been ways that each of us, as individuals, all of us collectively, as your people, have not taken seriously our responsibility to steward creation. God, for this we are humbly sorry. We repent and we ask for your forgiveness. God, we know that you give us an opportunity to move forward in a different way. You give us an opportunity now to say yes to that sacred stewardship role that you have given us, to say yes to being the kind of person who lives with a good ancestor mindset. God, I pray for each of us who are connecting in worship today, online and in person, that you might help us to leave this place with the joy and the honor and the responsibility that is ours, the sacred responsibility to love you by loving what you have made. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.